Thirty Purdy is a real thing, and Brock Purdy is officially the real deal. The 49ers move to 4-0. and oh, I shouldn't say move. I should say improve. They are now 4-0. and oh. We're going to break it right down here on the Wayne Breezy Show with the one and only Aaron LeBain from 49ers First Takes. We so bright that we shine it. Everybody, the Wayne Breezy Show is back. It's Victory Monday. I love Victory Mondays. Aaron. Now, 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 Aaron, you 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 seem a little tense, and it's okay. But I just want to remind you that the 49ers are 4-0, and they look pretty damn good doing it. So relax. How you doing? How was the weekend? Uh, how was yesterday? How you feeling, bro? That game was about as perfect and of an offensive game as I've seen from the 49ers. Uh, I don't know. I couldn't even give you an estimate of time. It's been a long time, you know what I mean, where you just felt really good about everything you saw uh, from the quarterback to the running back to the receivers. It was just um, I can get used to this, Wayne, like really easily. I don't. I, I know not every game is going to be like this offensively, and it's not going to be this easy. But um, the the weekend was a little eh, but that definitely cured my uh, ales at least for you know a couple hours. So yeah, I'm good. Four and zero is uh, better than three and one, and uh, it's 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 good to be a 49er fan right now, man. It's uh, there's a lot of optimism, a lot of optimism. Can't wait to hear it. Can't wait to get your first takes on the game. I know you spoke very highly of the offense, so I'm expecting you to speak a little bit lowly on the defense, but I don't know. You didn't tell me I'm going to wait for your first take, but I got to give a shout out to the Breezy Bunch crew because they're in the building. So air horns to everybody out there. Peachy's here. Thanks for tuning in, Faithful. Make sure to smash that like button on your way in. Guys, hit the like button. You already know what time it is. All right. If you're new to the channel right here on the Wayne Breezy channel, make sure you subscribe. I will make sure to put 49ers first takes info in the description of the show so you can go ahead and subscribe to Aaron's channel as well. All right. And if you love what you see, right? If if you love it, if you absolutely love the content, you could become a member of the Breezy Bunch crew as well. All you got to do is click join, and here's some of the members right here. Diamond Dog Sports Morning, y'all. My man, Uncle Scott's in the building. What's up, everyone? JP Hella Hard 2800, hashtag BB. We're going to have that phone conversation. I see the text messages, but my brain goes to sleep. Don't bother me. Hashtag BB. Coach Cruz, let's effing go. Pump the hashtag BB. Boss. I had 35-17. Let me ask you this, boss. The Nitty Gritty Niners crew put together a score prediction giveaway. I'm curious to know if you put that inside of the Facebook group. If you did, you're going to win a prize. If you didn't, my bad. Sorry. <laughs> Oscar, what's going on, baby? I see it, Colin, in the building. What's going on? 49er Shane, Victory Monday. Listen, please. Yesterday, we took victory shots. Make sure you're not taking victory shots unless it's espresso. 
uh, with a mar- little martini. Uh, you know, just make sure it's ex- an espresso, that type of shot or whatever. Christy Marie, the hashtags being on point. You must have them joints stored because she she lock and loaded. Yeah. Boom. She's locked and loaded. You know what I'm saying? I love it. I love it. I love it. I just want to make sure I didn't miss any of the members of the Breezy Bunch crew, and I didn't. Shout out to all the subscribers as well. Again, feel free to become a member of the Breezy Bunch crew. You get the morning shout out, y'all. All right, Aaron. Listen, uh, shout out to our sponsors over at Residency.com. Listen, there's something coming up very soon called Residency Day. Residency Day means 50% off of everything on the website, all right? Right now, I'm telling you, that's coming up very shortly. It's going to be in the month of October. I'll keep you posted on that. But make sure when you go there, use the promo code SFBreezy, and not only will you get 50% off, you'll get an extra $5 off on your total purchase, all right? So make sure you check that out. I'm sure it's going to only be while the supplies last. They'll be restocking and putting out a lot of new stuff. So make sure you get your residency caps. Some of your favorite uh, 49er players are wearing these. Your favorite boy Breezy is wearing the joints. So make sure you check out residency.com. Shout out to our sponsors for today's episode. Uh, And let's go ahead and get down to the show. All right, bro. Uh, We do want to start the show off. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to, before I do this part, uh, I see that we have a new member of the Breezy's Bunch crew, JP Hellahard 2800. So I wanted to show him some love. I'm going to take my hat off for this next portion of the segment because we just found out this morning uh, some very tragic news that happened to a former uh, New England Patriot, former 49er tight end, uh, Russ Francis. So we want to send, pay our respects and send our condolences. And we're going to just do a quick moment of silence. And you guys can pray however you you choose to pray uh, for his family. Uh, But he did uh, pass away uh, you know, from after a tragic plane accident. I believe that's what the story reported. So right now we'll just do a quick moment of silence. All right. Ah, man. I know I don't like to start the show off with tragic moments, but, um, you know, we just want to pay our respects to those that, that helped pave the way for us to be here and do things like we're doing. Former um, 49ers tight end, uh, you know what's crazy, Aaron? So I was looking up some information on Mr. Francis, and so he was drafted in 1975 to the New England Patriots. All right, so he played there into 1980. He retired in 1981, bro. The year I was born. Ain't that some junk? But then the next year, which I wasn't watching football in 1982, I just wasn't. He became a San Francisco 49er and was a Niner uh, into 1987, where he played for a couple of teams. He played for New England again, uh, which is probably where he went to retire again in 1988. Uh, But, yeah, like, uh, I'm not sure if you have anything or if you know anything about Russ Francis, um, but former 49er tight end. uh, And he he looked like he did. Looking at these stats, looked like he did damn well as a tight end with the 49ers. And I'm sure there's some nostalgic fans out there that's going to send us messages, emails, and all that type of stuff to let us know who exactly Russ Francis was and what he did. Uh, You know what I'm saying? But um, we do appreciate his contributions to the community, the faithful, and, you know, we just wanted to send our condolences to the Francis family, Francis family. All right, so I got a quick question. Ski Doodle wants to know. Hmm. It's funny. Wait, Wait a minute. It's funny how Ski Doodle has a picture of King James 
Which is interesting because, because, did you get a chance to hear King James' Instagram live? No, but I caught about what he was talking about. He was talking about the Niners. He was oh, singing. what did he, he say? Was, he, no, I didn't see what he, I was, I, I watched it on mute. <laughs> but I, you, from, you ha- from, you have, you have from to listen the caption, to I heard he loved, he was speaking very highly of the Niners. All right, so during the game, during the game, LeBron James uh, tweets out something about Christian McCaffrey. Now, prior to the game, his Instagram live, he does his picks. So he does weekly picks like you, me, whatever, right? So he did his weekly picks. And on his, in his weekly picks, he picked the 49ers to be the Cardinals. You know what I'm saying? And so, and he explained why. He it was like, they just have, they have too many people for anybody to stop. Like, you know what I'm saying? Now, my stupid self, you know what I'm saying? I said something to him like, um, aren't you a Cowboys fan? Because I just find it interesting. So that's just me being petty because I know he is. I just wanted him to, you know, just to remind him that I don't think he'll be speaking highly this week in his picks, but Mm-mm. he spoke really good praises um, about LeBron, about the San Francisco 49ers and their players. And he mentioned, he said that there were too many like players though he mentioned like five but they were he he said like, i i'm not i can't even mention them all he's they just got players stacked all over the team so they're they're he said that they're the best damn team in football that's what he said i said all of that to say that he that the niners are the best team in football uh and so ski doodle i appreciate you man uh how did i become a niner fan and then we'll we'll let aaron tell his story actually let's start with aaron how did you become a niner fan oh this is weird okay so I didn't become a Niner fan until about 89, 90, right? Mm-hmm. I was about 90. I was born in 79. <clears throat> As people may know, my mother is from Sicily, born born in Sicily. So I have um, I have third cousin over there who's my mom's cousin. He's my third, second or third cousin. He's in the 70s, right? He uh, met he – did, he did some sort of thing like where people would come over and he would like introduce them to Italy and kind of be like a guy to help them sightsee and – like a host, pretty much. I mean, he's he's been the mayor of Sicily. He's he's been all over. Uh, he met him in about 1989, um, and I was just starting to get into football. And I was asking him, you know, who he met, and he told me about Montana. He told me about Jennifer Montana. So that was kind of the genesis because you know I, I'm really close to my mom's side of the family as far as like culture and stuff. Mm-hmm. So I became very interested in my you know relatives' interest in Joe Montana. So I started doing my due diligence as a youngster and then realized how damn good the Niners were in about 89, 90. So it was just, it just, and then it clicked, you know, I became a Niners fan, hardcore. Uh, you can go to pictures of me when I was like, you know, nine, 10, 11 years old. And I'm always rocking pale skin and everything, but I had my red Niners shirt on and stuff. So yeah, it was, it was weird. It was just like, I met him via overhearing a conversation um, about my, uh, my relative meeting him in Sicily, you know, with his wife. Essentially, he took them to dinner and they spoke. He said she was beautiful, Jennifer. This was like, you know, 89, 90. So I just became interested in the story because of, you know, just I love the culture, Italian culture. And I was just like, oh, this is pretty cool. Who's this guy? And then turned to find out he's Irish, Italian, just like me. Right. So I was like, okay, I can get down with this. You know what I mean? We're the same. We're the same half breed. So, uh, yeah, that's just how it all started. Wow. That's that's pretty daggone dope. All right, so I'm more of uh, like an 87, 88. Uh, my mom's a Cowboys fan, and so like I always wanted to watch the team in red and gold. 
I didn't really know much about him, but I knew there was a guy named Jerry Rice mm-hmm. um, and Joe Montana. And that's who I gravitated toward because it just, it was, it, it was just, it was perfection. So I was like, I was watching art, but in football form. And I just mm-hmm. became infatuated. So then in the 90s, when I started to understand football and started to understand who was on this team and what the positions were because I started to play football, right, I started to really, like, endow myself into the 49ers, the culture, and things like that. My first time even in San Francisco wasn't until I was, like, in my 30s and I was an adult. I think the only the only game I went to uh, for the 49ers was the pick at the stick. And so what an experience – what a I great had. game. It was a, oh my God. It was a tense game. You want to talk about like your stomach, your, you know what, being pushed up into your stomach the whole game. You're at the edge of the seat. Atlanta's driving and then boom. I think it was Tremaine Brock tips the pass and Navarro Bowman catches it and he takes it to the house and they seal the deal. Um, but yeah, a lot of great memories uh, with the 49ers. I mean, and you want to talk about die hard. Like, Aaron, I remember we lost the game. I think it was to the Raiders. I want to say it was like a Monday night football game and I had to go to school that Tuesday because on that Monday, I remember going to school talking trash. Hmm. And I remember losing. And I got to school and I never went into school. I like played hooky from school the whole day. I was sad. I was outside crying because I just didn't like when the team lost, man. Like. We yeah. were too great to lose. But you know what I'm getting a feeling of? This team right here in 2023, they're starting to feel great. I'm starting to feel, I don't want to say the word comfortable. I don't want to say the word cocky. But I'm starting to feel, I'm already confident, Aaron. But it's something special about this team, Aaron. There's yeah, there's this. I don't have the the nerves that I usually do. I mean, I always get nervous before watching games, you know, because I want people to play health, stay healthy and play well and all that other stuff. And uh, just this offense with Brock is the first time, I think, probably since Steve Young, where I felt highly uh, confident going into games that we pretty much have a shot to win it uh, every single time. You know, like with Jimmy, there was always that feeling of like. Save it. Save it. Cause I got a question for you. Okay. I got I got a question for you, for you and you only. And you're already speaking it into fruition. Matter of fact, you know what? Bump save it. Let's do it now. You know, I was gonna save it for the end of the show, but who cares? There's no order on this show. Brock <laughs> Purdy is the best 49ers quarterback since it's not even a Tom question. Kaepernick. Got... Oh. I'll give, listen, I am not the, I wasn't the biggest Kaepernick fan, but I definitely was at first. You know what I mean? Like, um, I bought into it. I got a Jersey in my closet that cost me like 350 bucks. It's oh, you got the real one. That's why. Yeah. And I, I bought into it. I was like, man, the Niners got their next great single caller, man. They're, they're going to, you know, they're going to roll off some chips here. You know what I mean? And it never happened. And then just, it, I, it wasn't necessarily anything to do with his, like all, all that other stuff that happened after it was just. I felt like he had a massive regression in his play and he never kind of, uh, you know, the, the league caught on to him and he never like, you know, you know, adjusted back to the league. So like he fell out of love for me, but yeah, I mean, I thought, I mean, he, he, Alex Smith was great, but I mean, if there's an epitome of game manager, Alex Smith was that Kaepernick offered you explosive plays, you know, 
So we getting tight. Yeah. And so Kaepernick to me was always that he was on the verge of always doing something incredible, like, you know, 80 yard touchdown run or a 65, 70 yard touchdown pass. And uh, yeah. And then, you know, everything since uh, dude Garoppolo, I'm sorry. Like I, I fed fed in, I fed into Garoppolo too, but after, after 2019, I was officially off the, uh, the bus uh, after that Super Bowl choke. It just, he, he lost me. Interesting. Interesting. Listen, some great quarterbacks you mentioned. You didn't mention Jeff Garcia, who was a winning quarterback for the 49ers as well. He didn't look as as pretty as as Steve Young did, even though Steve Young was like rough and rugged all the daggone time. But you get what I'm trying to say? Like, Mm -hmm. they didn't win as pretty, but they had a really good season. Like, Oscar, people sleep on Garcia. That man put his all into every throw, gave us a chance at two. And you are 100% correct. Um, and so Garcia will be another one, but this is to each their own, right? This is, this is why we, I put the statement out there. I see Elvis Gerback. I don't know if that's being funny from Thomas Larson, but Gerback was a quarterback. I liked Colin Kaepernick. I think I don't, I wouldn't say he was one of the, I don't, I wouldn't say he was like in that tier of being like the best because he didn't get enough time to kind of like develop into that it was like once the hoax of the read option started to dwindle down or die out like you know what happened to Colin Kaepernick once Jaws said that he's going to be the greatest quarterback of all time that's when the league changed up how they wanted Colin Kaepernick to play you started making seeing him play as a pocket guy and all the explosiveness was gone I don't even think the defenses could figure him out you know why because they're quarterbacks that run it right now speaking of that Joshua Dobbs had a bunch of read option runs in this game, finished the game with 48 yards. Not as explosive as explosive as a Colin Kaepernick, but I just feel like between that and then other stuff that happened off the field, even though it was on the field, like like that just messed up his chances of playing. And I just think his name is like erased from what great quarterbacking or at least winning and excitement. You know what I'm saying? I wouldn't say he was a great quarterback because you know where he struggled? The intermediate throws, the short yeah. throws, like those things. He never developed into that. So when it comes to Colin Kaepernick, he did bring excitement. He did bring the explosive plays. But you know what you're getting with Brock Purdy? You're getting, okay, how about this? Brock Purdy finished his game 20 for 21. We're going to talk about that. But four for four on explosive deep plays down the field. Yep. That's a hundred percent. How many throw Brock Purdy went two for seven a, a little while ago. It was a two for five. I think it was two for seven a couple of games ago. And they were like, oh my gosh, man, they couldn't, he can't hit the deep throw. He overthrew, he overthrew. Well, in this game, there was no overthrowing. They might, you know, even Mark Sanchez said, oh, he underthrew the ball. Shut up. <laughs> so, like, it's interesting to see. Sanchez. Listen, man. He said one thing that I agree with his whole career being on TV, and then I liked it, and it was Kyle Shanahan need to keep the gas, you know, keep the pedal to the metal. Like, you know, keep the foot on the gas. That's the only yep. thing I've ever agreed with him ever. Other than that, he should just not talk and let the other person talk, like, at, the, at that point. I just don't like Sanchez. Yeah, but, I'm not a big fan of his either. I'm- but... I like I like your take. You said Colin Kaepernick. If I had to pick a person, I have to date myself back to Steve Young. And I and it's because 
the feeling that I get when Brock Purdy steps on the field, it feels like he's he's my quarterback. I haven't felt that with Colin Kaepernick because I was so excited to see what he was going to do each and every week, but I knew if he didn't run, it was going to affect his game plan. Well, Brock Purdy doesn't have to run. Brock Purdy just has to remain efficient. And we've seen him do that, I would say, 12 weeks in, red, in, in games he started and finished. Um, and so that, to me, like, it would, it, would, it would have to be Steve Young. I felt comfortable with Steve Young. I felt confident with Steve Young. And every time he stepped out on that football field, I thought we were going to win. Why do you think I cried when we didn't? I cried in the uh, the uh, <laughs> NFC Championship game. In, oh, yes. That <laughs> was against the Packers. We were at home. It was rainy. Uh, we lost. I'm with you, bro. And I, my dad was like, are you seriously? I'm like, you oh, we were such a good team, and we couldn't get it done. And uh, my dad's like, you got to realize something, Aaron. These guys, they get paid. They still cash checks. And once you realize that it's a job for them, you're going to not be as hurt over a game. I still get really hurt. Like that Chiefs Super Bowl still is hurting me. It sits with me. Yeah. But yeah, I was I was pathetically sad. Uh, I, I cried. Uh, the championship game where Montana was knocked out against the Giants, and then the Giants ended up winning. I cried there. I cried when the Giants won the Super Bowl. Uh, I was a little bit of a Sally ass back then. No, um, you were just yeah. a diehard fan, and the shit didn't make sense in your yeah, head. I didn't we understand were... how we were supposed to. I thought we were supposed to win three in a row. You know what I mean? I didn't. I didn't realize that the, you know Montana was going to get bludgeoned by Leonard Marshall. Bludgeoned on a dirty hit that would be called a penalty now in this uh, in this day and age. Right. He drove so was, him into the ground. Was it behind. dirty then? No, that can that was considered the game was a different league back then. You know yeah, that. It, got it was the NFL back then. That's guys what it got was. broken. They would crush quarterbacks. They didn't care. Like right. Right. now you now all you have to do is touch like I remember when Tom Brady somebody touched his shoulder pad during a game and they called a uh face mask and you watch the penalty and the guy's hand just like and they're like I'm like <laughs> Are you kidding me? It was like so far away. So yeah, it's changed. Um, I didn't. Re- if you're talking like the greatest quarterback since that we've had, I, I'm just saying the best. I thought, I, I thought maybe the best. I would agree with you of the best 49ers quarterback that we've had. Yeah, Steve Young. Steve Young would be the guy. I just yeah. thought maybe competent. I mean, Kaepernick was competent for a while. He was. You thought he was? I didn't think he was. I didn't think Cap was. I didn't think Cap was competent. That's the issue. I thought Cap did two things well. The moment they changed so the game So did I, plan. but I thought, he was, I thought he was going to grow. I thought he was going oh, to grow. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But I thought, I thought that about Jimmy, to a, too. I, it's weird, though, with Jimmy. Once, I, once, Yeah, it's true. I, Man, you're I, getting, I, you're I, me. Aaron, yeah, I Jimmy, came out. Jimmy gave you hope in, in 2017. Listen, uh, listen we, all, no. we all bit into it. You know what I mean? At, at, in 2019, after that season— I came out and put out a statement that I'm surprised people ain't bury me for. I said Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be a top five quarterback in 2020. He was. He was the top five injured quarterbacks in 2020. What what pissed me off about Jimmy Garoppolo and what and and so I I'm not a hater, but what really made me turn the page on Jimmy, you remember the 2020 season, right? Okay. And remember he got the high angle sprain. That's not his fault. Right, that was the turf's fault. We could we can agree that, right? But remember when he was cleared to play, and he made this business decision, right? And I know we weren't gonna win anything, 
But if you're the captain and the leader of this team, you bring your ass out there on that football field, and whether you win or lose, you lead those men. And you know who went out there and did that? George Kittle. You know what injury he had became back from? High ankle sprain. So a person that uses their ankle more than the quarterback risked it all over a quarterback that was getting paid hella money. That is the moment I said this mother gots to go. I wouldn't ride or die for him. Because he wasn't ride or die for us. So why would you ride or die for a quarterback? No, I agree. I, I, I fell out of I fell out of uh, love with him with just his lackluster approach to mistakes and how he just kind of shrugged everything off as something to giggle about or smile. Or he uh, never took accountability, maybe? Never t- and you watch press conferences, he always uh, parlayed the blame to the team instead of taking it on himself, especially when he was the the reason why we lost, you know, throwing game-clinching picks for the other team, and he sit there and say, we, we got to play better. Nah, homie, you got to play better. <laughs> Everybody else was killing themselves out there. Yeah, and he, you're right, business decision. Yeah, uh, I mean, he got called out by uh, uh, his one of his ex receivers on the Patriots. Oh, uh, tight end, uh, the Bennett brother. Uh, I wouldn't Bennett mess with brother. Any of the yep. And then, but they even asked. Um, they oh, even asked. Was it Julian Edelman? Julian Edelman and Julian yes, Edelman kind of right. doubled down on the fact that he's a little bit of a he's a little bit of a prima donna. You know, um, is there a difference between a prima donna and a diva? Yeah, because receivers, a lot of them are really good, so they deserve to have that kind of attitude. It's different with a quarterback, you know. Spot on, brother. Like spot on. Jerry Rice was Jerry Rice was a diva. So was so was so was To. All the great ones. Yeah. Jerry Rice might not have went out in the press and buried his quarterback and said insensitive things about him, but good point. Rice was Rice was selfish. He could be a diva. He wanted the ball all the time. They all do. All the great ones want the ball all the time because they know they can make plays. That's a great point. T.O. was just more open, and T.O. would go and lift weights diff- in his— It was a different era, though. Yeah. Like, the, the generation—I don't know when the generation started, but you can tell, like, Jerry Rice came from a different time era, so he did what he did the way he did. And then T.O. came out in a different time era, and they were just for flamboyant. Like, T.O. was the end of, like, that Michael Irvin—well, the beginning, like, that Michael Irvin era where— you're going to have the flashy wide receiver. So I, I never took Jerry as being a flashy guy, but it doesn't mean he wasn't a diva. Well, the, the, in the comments, he said it perfectly. He said, prima donna is someone that isn't great. Uh, a diva is someone that's... Jerry's very narcissistic. <laughs> Look at Jerry now with games, man. He's sitting out there with rings. Just, <laughs> I never thought about it. <laughs> he's very narcissistic, but he won. I was he's telling my brother, goat, though. Like, my brother even agrees. He goes, Aaron, you're right. I was like, he earned... He, I said, he earned the right to be standing out there looking foolish at in his in his sixties with bling and <laughs> counting his rings and stuff. But he he's the goat. When you're he's a goat. goat when you're the goat though, like nothing else matters. Tom Brady does it. Like yeah, these are th- these are guys that are like, yeah, whatever y'all can do whatever y'all want. That's what they do. They just they just pull out the hands. Count the rings. Michael Montana, Jordan used to do Montana it. Montana had a commercial with himself where he had all his Super all Bowl and then his rings, bro. I get it. I get it. I I, yeah. I just this is what I love about the show because we just go left real quick and we'll get back onto the right. But I just wanted to know your thoughts about that. Yeah, I just want to know your thoughts. We got a couple of super chat contributions I want to get through so I don't forget. 
Uh, my man 49er Shane says, Yo, Breezy, are you hosting any tailgate parties this year at Levi's? So I will mm. be with the 49ers Rush Road Trip. That's John Chapman. I'll be there this Sunday evening or afternoon for the tailgate party so yes that one that's the only home game i'll be attending this year until the playoffs now when the playoffs come around we're gonna do it real big so i will be out there this weekend uh so go to 49ersrushroadtrip.com and get your tickets for that and then i'll be there and it's gonna be crazy john's been doing a hell of a job john and the team's been doing a hell of a job with the tailgates at home something they just really started this year we tested it out last year at the miami game and Kudos to my man, John Chapman. So, yes, I'll be there this weekend, to be honest. And then Diamond Dog Sports touching down. His take on Kaepernick. Kaepernick wasn't to blame. The offensive line was. Yeah. And So, I remember that because, you know, I remember a couple of things. I have crazy conspiracy theory about the whole Colin Kaepernick situation just based off of football. So guys, I'll keep it to football. And I want to get your thoughts on this, Aaron. So um, Trent Baalke, general manager at the time, him and him and Jim Harbaugh had this crazy beef. They they almost looked like the beef we're going to talk about in a little bit between Hufunga and James Conner, right? Mm. So they had this crazy beef. Like, they were beefing. I thought at some point they was going to throw hands. And so um, I remember Balky extending Callan Kaepernick before he offered the head coach an extension. And I remember after that moment, like, things started to shift a little bit. You started to see the play calling call a little bit differently. And then I remember the moment that they told they extended Colin Kaepernick, Trent Baalke, this is going to be on him. The moment that they extended Colin Kaepernick, they let go just about everybody on the offensive line. So all the people that they that Baalke said that was going to be here for Kaepernick to sign his extension, they were gone. And I I just felt like they did him dirty in that aspect. And then he couldn't stay healthy. When you got no offensive line, you're going to get hit, right? And so that's just my conspiracy theory on the whole situation with Kaepernick. So there was a possibility he could have been everything you thought we thought he was going to be. But when you stripped him booty butt naked from his protection and still wanted him to run or stay in the pocket, and that's what really messed him up, in my opinion. No, I agree. That team, uh, essentially, after he got his extension over the course of the future, you know, the next couple of years, they essentially stripped all the players around him and he was kind of left, you know, kind of holding his jock, so to speak with nobody to, to help him. Uh, yeah, that was a bad situation. You had a, a GM that essentially would just draft players and force the coach to do what he had to do with them. Even if, you know, people say like, you know, you draft the best player available, but in my mind, if you have needs on the team and you have the draft to address them, you will address them. And like, uh, you know, maybe uh, Harbaugh had his eyes on certain players and Belkey didn't care. Belkey didn't care. He he drafted who he wanted to draft. He, he would draft guys that had horrible injury histories because they thought they were going to get some sort of deal if he ended up, you know, panning out. Then we could say, oh, look what we did. We turned around a guy that was drafted late who everybody gave up on and now look at him. And like, it never worked out ever. So, uh, yeah, that was a that was a tough situation. I don't blame it all on Kaepernick. My problem with Kaepernick was is that he never adjusted to the adjustment. 
Mm-hmm. He 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 his play, if anything, went backwards. Mm-hmm. Uh, That's you know. why I made the statement of his competence and it not being at a high level because maybe there were just things that he was uncomfortable or he couldn't do. Almost similar to Trey Lance. Like, that's kind of the vibe. Even though we never saw Trey Lance take off and run like Colin Kaepernick, we do know he had a deep arm, deep throwing arm like Colin Kaepernick, but we never got a chance to see it. But maybe it was because they just weren't competent enough to produce it on the football field. And so you had to move on. Right. Kyle Shanahan didn't want anything to do with Colin Kaepernick and they let him go and they freed him up. They they they, they, they kind of set him up for a trade or whatever they did. Uh, they wanted no parts in it and they took their chances on Lance, but then they moved forward and now he's gone. Right. And so like when you got when you get what you need. Like that's where we are. Brock Purdy was somebody that they looked for. They got they drafted and they took a chance again and he just gets it. He's competent. He's efficient. Crazy. He's he's accurate. He's 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 got the mindset. He's it looks e- easy to him, bro. It looks way too easy. Oh my like, gosh, that's oh my god. When you watch Montana on his prime, everything looks super simple, like effortless. His accuracy was effortless. His ability to spread the ball around and get it to guys and guys to make plays looked effortless. Especially in the 89-90 season where they beat the Broncos, that playoff run was some of Montana's best football. Brock, I'm starting to kind of not concentrate on his inabilities, and I'm starting to concentrate on his his abilities, his 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 elite. And people talk about, oh, he doesn't really have elite traits. I think his mind and his calm and his lack of almost having emotion on the field is elite. My brother says he's cold blooded. That's my brother sending me last Cold. Blooded. Do, do, do. Woo. Oh, you just, oh. Mm, Got to get my Rick James on. Do, do, do. Cold. Do, do. Blooded. I like it. So we're going to change this to gold blooded. Let's go. All right. We got a couple more super chats I want to get to, and then we're going to get to the gist of the show. Keith Murphy, coming from the north side, even west. The unbeaten. I've been a 49er fan. Wait, you got to touch down real quick. I've been a 49er fan since 88. That's like a line from Jay-Z album. Spending money from 88. All right. This is the best team we've had since 1994. Interesting that he said that because yesterday I remember saying something. This was the best team that like even I know we're off to a 4-0 start, but this 4-0 start looks way better than the 2019 4-0 start because on the 2019 4-0 start, like the offense wasn't gelling as well as this offense is gelling. Agreed. Yeah, it didn't look as easy. You know, Garoppolo was still Garoppolo. That Pittsburgh game, um, that was a difficult game. We he came back and won. The Niners really haven't been challenged, per se, in any of these first four games. You've never thought in any of these games to start that the Niners really were in trouble at any point. Um, the 94 team had some struggles. Uh, they, Keith, if you remember, the, that the offensive line the, was bad. At first. Yeah, and they got smoked by Philly early in the season. I Week think they four. Were like two, yeah, they Cur- weren't. Yeah, I, I think this is a better team. Uh, you can say whatever you want the, about the defense. I think that defense was better than this one. I think uh, I will get on so that. Had, we, we had, we had, we had, they had, 1994 just had upper echelon players. Yeah. 
Yeah, Toy know. Cook is like a, a backup friggin' corner, like a nickel right. guy or whatever. I think he was playing nickel. Yeah, yeah, Toy, yeah Toy, Toy Cook. Cook was a great player in uh, New Orleans. T- Tim McDonald. Ricky right? Jackson. Yeah, bro, that team was stacked. Yeah, that was a really Ken good team. Ken Norton Jr. at your middle linebacker. Gary Plummer as, as the, Aziz I, I, I'll show, or, uh, the, the, the Dre Greenlaw or whatever. Right? That team was stacked. Yeah. Bryant Young. Bryant Young. His rookie season. Dana, Dana Stubblefield. Yeah. Dennis Brown. Dennis Brown. That team was stacked. Ricky Jackson. I'm just saying, like, it was stacked. Yeah. But, but like Keith said, this, this, it looks better here. Like, this, we saw that. We witnessed it. We watched it. We even won a Super Bowl that year. But this team looks better better and i still don't think they've tapped into all their potential nope. burton hanks prime time i need to even get into those guys eric, eric davis. davis yeah yes yes so like it's the i still like that defense better though <laughs> i do too I do but it's, too. it's hard for me to say i'll take the 94 offense because you had jerry rice like you had, you were stocked, Brent Jones. I think like, this team's deeper. It's definitely deeper, but you had Rice, wa- Rice Waters, Ricky Rice Waters, Waters, and William jo- Floyd. Brent Jones were kind of the top guys. William Floyd was all right, but like this team has McCaffrey, Ayuk, Debo, Trent, or you know, yeah. But the production the- from that offense was straight up legit. Yeah, I, 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 it was. Ricky it was won- legit. I, Ricky won in running waters. I saw that. Yeah. It was straight up legit. I never understood why he's why his uh his last name is spelled with two T's, but pronounced waters and not waters. Waters, yeah. Like someone had the last name Watt. Ricky yeah. Waters. Ricky Waters. Like Waters. That sounds like a maybe he changed it up. <laughs> maybe. Maybe. Sean touch it down with everybody. Sean Shepard says, told you for years the quarterback play. We've seen since Garcia was garbage, so he's going back to Garcia. That's mm-hmm. that's his last eyes of a great quarterback, especially okay. Garbagolo. Told you, capital letters, which means he's yelling at me. Told you also, Purdy would start hitting the long ball because that's who he is. Finally, a good QB. So Sean is just telling me he told me so, so I'm just going to leave it. He told me. He told me. Uh, I don't remember ever saying that he wasn't going to hit the long ball, but if you said you told me, you definitely told me. Um, good things from from Brock Purdy, and the best to me is still yet to come. And and the crazy thing is, the 49ers, like since Brock Purdy, like they they're putting every game this year thirty, they're averaging thirty one point twenty five points That's after insane. the first four games. That's insane. Right? Right, and the crazy thing is, we got to 28 points last night, and I'm saying to myself, "Um, are we gonna score again? Plenty of time left, over six minutes." I'm like, I was saying the same thing. I'm like, I, I wouldn't mind another score here, and I and I wanted the touchdown. I'm I'm not going to front. I was hoping it would have been Debo or Kittle because yeah. we play fantasy football over here. But unfortunately, it was Brock Purdy, the one guy I don't have on any of my teams, gets the touchdown. I would even love to have been Juice. Who got you to the one yard line, bro? Um, my brother had my bro. My brother didn't pick. He picked. Uh, he he picked. Uh, nah, Andy Dalton. He picked uh Joe Burrow as his quarterback. He's like again. He gives me nothing. He had nothing. Purdy. Purdy he picked Burrow. 
Burrow's trash. Um, but he won his league Excuse this me. week. The Bengals are trash. Yeah, they're poopy. He won it. He won this week, though, my brother, because McCaffrey gave him like forty some odd points. If you started so. Christian mm-hmm. McCaffrey this week, and if it was in a PPR league, you cooked. <laughs> like yeah. you cooked. Uh, let's go over the injury report real quick. John Feliciano left the game with a concussion. Here's the thing, right? I'm trying to figure out when he played. I haven't watched it all 22 yet, so I can't tell you when he was in there. But I don't. I I thought he only came in at the end of games as the center. So maybe they used him as a guard on a snap or something. I'm looking at the PFF breakdown. Um, uh, maybe with special teams. Uh, I'm looking at the breakdown. I'll check special teams. And I see... Beep, 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 beep. Yep, there it is. Three snaps, only on special teams. So he got hurt on a special teams play. And that makes weird. sense why we didn't see it. So he ended up with a concussion. Uh, didn't come back into the game. All right. And so, um, yeah, that, that was the only injury. Let's talk about this post-game scrap between uh, who I spelled his name wrong. Forgive me. That's what happens when you type fast. Uh, between Hufanga and James Conner. Now, I don't know if you got a chance to see this scrap, but I'm not going to show it because the last time I showed the scrap, uh, my video got flagged 157 times. So won't show it again. Jeez, uh, haters much? Yeah, it's just it's just the YouTube. It was, was what what they wanted. One hundred and fifty seven times seems a little bit excessive. That's some <laughs> that's some hater. How are you gonna hate on Wayne, man? There's a lot it's, of people on YouTube you can hate on. You can just, hate on me, not Wayne. Just, it's just it's just whoever owned the rights of the clip of Trent Williams. He just kept going to your channel and re- he got like one hundred fifty seven <laughs> like uh, burner accounts and was like, "I'm gonna get this dude." Oh, man. So let's talk about the scrap. Now, I can guarantee you, Aaron, why this happened. Now, I don't know what was said. I wish I heard what was said. But usually when a player comes over to you at the end of a game, it's probably it's usually good, right? Yeah. Usually it's going to be good talk. What do you think happened? Because Connor mushed him straight up. He straight up mushed him. Now, I don't think that 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 Hufunga like got suckered or anything. I don't think he was expecting the mush for one, but he did square up. So Oh, I would have squared up too if somebody mushed me in the face. Ooh. I don't think he was expecting the mush. You know what I'm saying? Because he went over to him, equipment off, said something, and then the mush came. So it had to be through the word transaction. Maybe he said good game, but he meant he said it like sarcastically. I don't know. Cause like he was unprotected. He had his gear off, but this is then fun. again, this is fun. I don't know. Then again, he had his gear off. Maybe he did say something disrespectful. I, well, I'm thinking I'm, I'm okay. So you, re, you remember the two point conversion play? Mm-hmm. You remember that the Cardinals failed because Hufunga mm-hmm. manhandled James Conner and prevented him from getting in the end zone. So maybe he was still hot from that. What if, what if, Kufunga just said, you're two points short. Or something like that. Like, j- <laughs> Nice job on the two-point conversion. Something that got under Connor's skin. I'm just curious. I, 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 like, look, at the end you of the day. You know they're never going to know, right? Because they're going to, they're going to, no one's going to admit to anything. Unless Connor nah. is the crybaby. Well, I felt like his reaction was a little bit. He's a take that out, dude. Just take it. 
you got busted up over 20 points, dude. Freaking or about 20 points. So 19. Shut your pie hole. Yeah, just yeah. take just take the L. You 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 if didn't... someone was chirping after beating me by three points, that'd be one thing. But if they're chirping and they beat my man almost 20, they deserve to chirp. They got the right to chirp. You need to freaking man up, grow a pair of you know what's and, and deal with it. That's part of athletics, man. That's what happens. It's athletic. You have to be able to be bigger than that, man. You can't be baited into a fight over words, man. It's not worth it. Well, I'm just glad that like like nothing like nothing really broke out from it. Like the yeah. players came to Kittle their, jumped it, right in that right yeah, in the middle like, of that. I just yeah. want nobody to get hurt. Like somebody get tripped over and break an ankle or something. Right. Or or tear ACL because you're knowing still the, on the Niners field. and their injury history, I'm like, that's gonna watch somebody get injured. Somebody's gonna blow their Achilles out trying to stop a fight. Like Listen, really? We don't need that. Not when you're nah. when you have super not when you're like this aspirations, right? Right. Right. Um, wait a minute, wait a minute. I want to read this. Uh, Connor is a poor sport, sore loser. That's what a lot of people are saying. Like, I mean, he literally was he's a little, he's a little Mr. Poopy Pants. Like, he gets really upset. Like, he, yeah, so, some people so, can't take losing. So the 49ers allowed 105 rushing yards. 52 of those came from James Connor. 48 came from the damn quarterback, Joshua Dobbs. The other five came from two other running backs. I don't like it that the 49ers gave up 100 rushing yards, period. But they had to do it with the aid of their quarterback rushing for 48 yards. The 49ers aren't giving up 48 rushing yards to quarterbacks. You take the rushing yards away from the quarterback, which we won't. But if you do that, this is typically what the Niners do. Game plan, stop the run. The wrinkle in the game plan is when you got a quarterback that's going to dial it up or pull that ball in on the read option and things like that. And that was Josh Dobbs' only good features. That's the only reason why at one point they were down by five. Let's just keep it a buck. It wasn't because of James Conner. But matter of fact, James Conner runs didn't pick up. He didn't get his first 10-plus explosive run until after Josh Dobbs kept drives alive with his feet. I wonder why. Because we have to account for the quarterback. Like, the Niners were playing, I don't want to say timid, but they were trying to not get beat by the run Do and not get that beat that, by the defense. that pass. affected their rush lanes, too? Yes. Because they, they – yeah, I was very upset. It I always upset. does, though, Aaron. Think about it. The Niners – everybody wants to know, and since we're on the defense, the Niners' defense didn't look amazing yesterday. No. They look like the weak link on the team right now. Right Ooh. now. I'm going to put that in there. Ooh, defense was the weakest link. Let's go. You are the weakest link. You are the weakest link. Goodbye. Now, Dre Greenlaw and um <laughs> and 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 Fred Warner led the team with 10 tackles apiece. But the defense was getting cooked underneath, bro. It's been like this since the start of the season. This is the 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 this Steve was different Wilkes, though, Aaron. The this Steve was... Wilkes, like his his whole his mo. Apparently, if you listen to some of the commentary, one of the games was like, "We're not going to get beat deep. You can do whatever you want underneath." I hate that kind of defense, bro. Because if it... you don't get home with the quarterback, they're going to kill you underneath, like all the time. They haven't yes. gotten home other than week one. They've been weak with the pass rush. They've gotten a couple effort plays. That to me I, is the issue, not, though. Guys, you know, making effort plays and getting sacks, but like. There hasn't been a consistent rush 
where the line's getting pushed back into the quarterback. The guys, guys got time. They, this underneath stuff is great as a defensive plan. If your pass rush is getting home consistently, otherwise guys are just sitting. You know, I just, I, 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 this D has no identity right now. Like what are we as a defense? Mm. Do we have a scary pass rush? Are we a team that turns the ball over in the secondary? Mm. Are we an elite no run defense? No interceptions this game either. No turnovers. Yeah, like what are we? Like I, I, four games in and the offense has carried this team. The defense has played solid, but I want to see this defense go against a team that really has some weapons. That scares me a little bit. I'm not saying that they can't make adjustments and become better, but like for the longest time, it's been the defense carrying the offense. I would say this is the first time in whoever knows how long where I feel like the defense is actually the weaker of the two, uh, you know, groups on the field uh, that play on the field. So like, no, no, no pass rush, nothing. There's this, nothing. This I may see be nothing, but, but it may be a good thing to not have it, have an identity yet because teams so far, the four teams that we played, maybe, not the Steelers, but the four teams we played all tried to beat us the same way. All of them. All of them. They were like, yo, we just gonna we're gonna chalk it up. And you you wanna know what the difference between our offense and the opposing team's offenses? Our defense prepares with the best weapons in football. Right. Every week. Right. So when so they, they go a- out and play a different team, it's different for the defense. They're not getting Debo Samuel, Christian McCaffrey, George Kittle, Brandon Ayuk, Kyle Juszczyk. They're not getting that. They're getting some good players, but they're not getting beat deep. And so that, to me, is the key because you limit those explosive plays that's Steve Wilkes right now in a nutshell. I do want to put out there that the 49ers defense is only giving up an average 14 and a half points a game. That's top five in the NFL. Right. So, I yeah, it looks, they... it looks bad. The, the context is bad. Like, the context isn't there, not to cut you off. The context isn't there. It doesn't look good when you're watching it. You're questioning what the hell is going on. I got you. But to me, the, the what if that's the game plan? What if the game plan is... So apply pressure. 18 pressures in this game. One sack. But 18 pressures on a mobile quarterback. When you play a mobile quarterback, you got to be careful on the blitz. When you play a mobile quarterback, you got to be careful when you play man coverage. Why? He can freaking gouge your ass. He can. He, if he sees the defense covering everybody, his ass is gone. Yep. Yeah, you saw it last no, night. You're not gonna have you're not gonna have people within 25 yards of the quarterback, uh, especially if they they scheme it up to run guys off the ball, you know, out deep. <laughs> It'd be it's uh, it's they play. It's, I I understand um, pockets the cheesecake. And the great name, by the way. I'll get he, it. Lime doesn't seem as explosive as they would have. I feel I, the I, exact same way. I feel like I, I'm I, missing. I don't think I don't think that's it. You know why? Because we're getting more pressure from the interior. So we want we want the sack production from Nick Bosa. We still got to give him time to get Same ready. Nick Bosa, it's another edge. 
What's Drake Jackson done since week one? He's still getting pressures. He finished his game in two pressures. I mean, he hasn't gotten any sacks. I But he did break up a screen pass yesterday. True. Which would have probably went for 20-plus yards. I'm just of the mindset of this is all good until you play a team that can really move the ball I, on offense. I don't you think— You need to be able to disrupt an offense and not I think just that, sit back in coverage. It just— But I think that comes with game plan. Like, right? Are you playing a guy like Patrick Mahomes who will take off and run every week? Are you you playing? Yeah, that's a whole other different. Yeah, right. right. Are you playing a Jalen Hurts that'll take off and run every week? There's got to be moments. You have to be disciplined in your. Yeah, see, that I understand. But like, okay, who we we play Dak this week? Yeah. Like, will will Dak run the ball? Yeah. Yeah. But he's not going to be like. Like what we saw from Josh Dobbs, you're you're not gonna get design runs from Dak. You'll get no. a run if if the defense, if he can read the defense, if he can, if Dak locates man coverage and he sees his guys covered, he's gonna probably take off a run. But see, to me, that's why I question Steve Wilkes because where's the spy? If you know you got a mobile quarterback, Aaron then why not spy him? You got the fastest linebackers in the game. It's always been a problem with this team, even before Wilkes got here. They can't stop mobile quarterbacks. I don't understand what the hangup is because other teams do. I see other teams be able to manage that. You know, they get pressure up the middle. They're able to get a couple sacks. I don't understand. Is it the Chris Sarek? Kiss Let me say his name right. It could be the get. It could be the wide nine. That wide nine defense my biggest hang up of it is is that they rush past quarterbacks a lot of times and guys okay. just step up and run on a consistent basis. Okay. Like here goes the rush, you're gonna funnel it outside, go quarterback up the middle. Happens again, happens again. And there's never anybody within, like you said, like 15, 20 yards is where's the spy? I don't understand it. It drives me insane. It's like our kill it's our kryptonite. If you have a mobile quarterback, if the Niners have a guy that is just gonna sit back there and and, and throw the ball they have a really, their pass rush looks elite. When they play a quarterback who can move, they look like they're caught in between what they want to do. They don't want to overrush, but they also, at the same time, they don't want to allow the guy to get around them and, and make plays with their legs. So it's like, it's, it's, it's a little bit maddening for me. So I we only have, it's only four games, so I'm totally overblowing it, but it still bothers me. I don't think we're overblowing it. Like, I think a lot of people... Um, if you feel like we're trying to find something to complain about, I think I think the cool thing about football is, or anything in life, uh, you can always be better. Mm-hmm. And so you want to figure out, you want to you want to take some time, you want to enjoy the basket and success, and enjoy it and celebrate. But you want to know what area can you improve in. And so when you look at the 49ers defense in this particular game, it just the energy was there, and then it like went away fast. It was like they were they took an energy drink and then they ran out. And yeah, I don't like know the buzz if ran off. Yeah, like, like, like man, I'm tired. Right. <laughs> they were flying around in the beginning. No one was running and then the moment they drew up the Josh Dobbs uh the four it was the fourth down conversions. To me that changed the game. It was the fourth down conversion, the fourth and six or fourth that and special seven. Special teams conversion was booty, man. I hate that. I I, I hate Direct snap, you got to be Not ready. Just, for it. That's another thing they never seem to be ready for. Is <laughs> really, really, they do it in Madden, and I stop it all the time. I don't understand how in real life <laughs> there should be better than that, but I don't know. 
I just feel yeah, like yeah, you're right. We're totally. I'm. I'm totally nitpicking. Well, Dexter, um, and and that to to your prerogative, you could be right. Um, it's and, not and, prerogative. <laughs> look, I don't think we're nitpicking, uh, because if you if you notice stuff. Okay, so here's here's a couple of things that I didn't like about the defense. I'm I'm so happy they only gave up 16 points and they kept the average down, so that's good. Uh, the pressures are there, but the sacks aren't. So at least they're disrupting. They're being disruptive of what's going on. They're they're hitting the quarterback too, which the more you hit the quarterback, the less effective the quarterback will be. So a lot of the pressures were hits and hurries, opposed to you know obviously sacks. There was only one. Here's a couple of things that I noticed about the defense. Um, and I'm not calling you out, Dexter, but I do want to share these. There were two moments, and maybe even more, where I saw that the 49ers weren't in the proper coverage. Yeah, guys, and guys moving around. It was they had the wrong personnel on defense. They were in base, and they would. I don't know if you understand personnel, Dexter, but they were in base defense, which means they had their three linebackers on the field, opposed to being in nickel, where they only have their two linebackers and then the nickel back nickel, on the field. Yeah, you have a you you replace your other linebacker with a, a DB, right? And so, like yeah. to me, I, you you said you said Marquise Brown had a 40, 41 yard reception, right? 41, 41. Guess who was defending him? Uh, Fred Warner. Fred Warner. Why is Fred Warner defending that wide receiver? That should have been Isaiah Oliver. That should have been De- Deamondre Lenore. Anybody De- with better speed. Yeah. No, but you're right. Like, all right, guess who scored the touchdown? Michael Wilson. Guess who was on him? Fred Warner. No, it was Dre Greenlaw that time. Who just you're right, you're right, you're right. Came you're right, back going. on the field from an injury. And then on the two-point conversion, the Niners only had 10 men on the field, bro. Mm-hmm. Guess who was off the field? Isaiah Oliver, because because he didn't want to get the penalty and give them a, a, another chance of a closer chance because he wouldn't have been able to cover the 40 yards to get on field to get in the position. The, the, the quarterback should have, would have called hike. So it seems like there's a little bit of a lose loss in translation right now going on with Wilkes and the players. Yeah, I don't but, feel like they're gelling. But Dexter, this is were, not. This is not even being out of position. This is having the wrong people on the field. That's a coaching thing. Right, Aaron? That means somebody's slow to recognize that, oh, geez, we might want to get that linebacker out of there so he doesn't get cooked by a a receiver that runs a 4-3. Let's get one of our quick (laughs) corners in there. Yeah, like Fred Warner had no business. He was. This is. He was a good 10 yards behind the play, man. What are you doing? There was no I didn't way. Realize that. Yeah, there was no way he was defending that play. The only way Fred Warner had a chance on that play is if, if the defensive front would have gotten better pressure. Like that's the only or way. The receiver like tripped and fell. Like oopsie. <laughs> yeah, by by Casper the friendly ghost. Yeah. Right. No, no, no. And so like these are the things that we're critiquing. Like the like and, and we're not saying it's bad, but it's okay if they were the weakest link. Last week it was special teams. Special teams upgraded this week. Shout out to Kendall Sheffield. Special teams went up. So I I will say Wilkes has to recognize the personnel on the field and find a way to get his coverage out there. Now, we do got a question. We got to to address this. Hmm. Ronnie Montoya, who struggled more, Ambry Thomas or Oliver? I'd say Ambry. 
It's a okay. it's close. He got double move out of his shoes, bro. That was bad. I, he he he's not good in double moves. You know why though? Because he's he's so used to playing press man. Some guys just have it a hard time backpedaling and getting re. Dude, he he yeah. there was no way he was gonna be able to cover for that. You know why Ambry Thomas was in the game though? I do not know. Let me know. Because Isaiah Oliver was trash. He was getting beat in the slot on every play. But yet, those two plays... Especially in the out patterns. Right. Those two plays... like, cheese, bro. Right. And those two plays are where Ambry... Ambry got beat on the double move, and then then the touchdown play happened directly after that, right? So that that is why Ambry sticks out more than everybody. I'm going to break down... That wasn't, and so a lot of people. So I, I can't, I can't do this without the expert in the building. And so Fable JFC, he didn't blow the coverage on that. They were in Palms coverage, and if you understand the assignment of the Palms coverage, it goes by the formation that's on the field from the offense and the wide receivers. It was a bunch formation, so his job was to take the underneath route. The safety, Tyler Noah Hufunga, which nobody doesn't want to talk about anymore. The safety's job was to take the deep route. Talano Hufunga got burnt on that play. I know we don't want to blame Hufunga for that, but that wasn't on Ambry Thomas because of the type of coverage that he saw. It's like, oh, there are three bunch. I'm in palms. I go here. Yep, Greenlaw went there too, but that was to prevent from the first down happening because the safety didn't take they didn't do their coverage. So, so like, we don't talk about coverages and assignments and things like that, not on this show. It's not what the show's about, but I noticed that right away because I knew he was going to get trashed for that. I'm trashing him for getting beat on the double move, 100,400%. Like, like, Amber, you, 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 you can't get beat on the double move. But it's crazy because I watch other defenders get beat on double moves. Like, I watched in the Chiefs game. It was a jet. Alan Lazard beat a Kansas City defender on a double move. It happens. Hard to guard. It's you don't Starting know that it's a double move. <laughs> like you don't you don't know it. So I don't know how to play. I can't defend it. I maybe Eric Crocker can tell us how to defend it a little bit better. You know, he's the 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 DB extraordinaire. I don't know how to defend a double move. Like other than play off and just have space to cover. Yeah. I don't know. I don't I can't answer that question. But that, if you're on someone's hip and they break down and then start back up again. Yeah, you're toast. That's that's a flag though, right? Right. You have to grab them. I still think. Uh, uh, can I ask you a question? Now you might know more than me. Is Daryl Luter? What's the timetable on Daryl Luter? All right, it's a good question. So uh, this week, week five, uh, he will be designated to come off the PUP. It's sort of similar to the IR. It's just mm-hmm. you know, it's it's when the football injury, you know. It happens prior to the season and whatever like that in the off season. So they put him on PUP. So PUP. So he can be eligible to come off. His practice window should open up this week, as well as the players that are on IR, like Robert Bill Jr. and uh, those that went on to the IR after making the fifty-three man roster. Let me make that clear. Uh, it won't be Cameron Latou because he went to the IR before the roster was set. So he's definitely done for the season. Danny Gray can be coming back this weekend. Thank you, Nigel. So yes. There are players that could be coming back. You know what I'm saying? Shout out to uh, we, Diamond Dogs. Are Dog we Sports. missing a corner that I'm not remembering other than Looter? No. No? Okay. I don't think so. 
I don't think so off the top of my head. I don't think no. so off the top of my head. I must have been uh, when I was playing Madden. <laughs> let's go through some of the highlights of last of last night's game, bro. So okay. Christian McCaffrey, most consecutive games with the touchdown, breaks the GOAT's Jerry record. Rice. Yep. Unbelievable. So, so let me ask you this question, right? Ooh, there are, I can't count. There's 13 games left. Which means he has the the ability to get 13 more touchdowns, which would mean that number would be 26. And I know records are meant to be broken. I know you know where I'm going with this, but will that if let's say he scores a touchdown in each one of the 13 games, is there any chance that anybody would ever be able to catch that record at 26? He caught it at 12. He now leads at 13. 26? Damn. The, with the the with the clip that they're using him at right now, how much he's in the game all the time and they don't like to use any other players, it's very possible. Uh, uh, to me, is it necessary? You know what I mean? Is it necessary? Womack was the guy I was thinking about. Thank the you. The only thing about Womack is he went on a week after the season, so he has technically a whole nother week, but that's why I didn't bring him up. So it's not like he could be cleared this week, I don't think. I think he has to wait till week after week six, whereas all the other players went on after they made the roster. Does that make sense? And so Yeah, I would I would put Womack on the outside and put DM on, DMO in the slot and call it a day. I just want to see Darrell Luter Jr. play. Like, and I want to see Luter play too as well. I just and want to might, see him play. I think he'd be I, a better outside guy. He played like that in, he, he, in college. He played really strongly outside so yeah uh i don't know bro like I, I records like that are cool if it comes within like just the the regular flow of the season where we're just, just smashing teams but if, if it's one of those things where we got to have a guy play in a game that's meaningless to break a record i would totally be against it um i mean like i said the way they're using them right now is it a possibility to break that touchdown record absolutely i think it's totally possible It'd be awesome Interesting. it would be <laughs> awesome it would be. Not gonna lie. But 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 my, my my point is like if he plays in all 13 games and he stays just at the level he is, he doesn't he isn't he doesn't grow from it. And I just there's only one way he could decline from it, and I won't speak about that. But if he just remains at the level, that's possibility of all you need to do is score once every game, and he'll keep setting the trend in the record. I just don't think there are teams like you can put eight in the box. You could put all 11 in the damn box. If he gets to that goal line, he's finding a way into the end zone. He didn't have any explosive plays in this game, which Mike, Mike, where you at, Mike? I love Mike Andrews, but he tried to say that Christian McCaffrey numbers was padded because of the explosive plays. Well, go check out the explosive plays from this game because there were none. Those was all earned rushing yards. All of them. I'm just playing, Mike. I love does it ball. matter, though, in the end? To Mike, it does. It does. It matters to Mike. Let yourself I, enjoy the game and stop. No, I'm just kidding, Mike. No, Mike's I love one of the Mike, is, Mike and Wayne are one of the OGs of people I used to watch before <laughs> I started a YouTube channel. But, but we're, I'm going to cuss him out today at 4 p.m. on No Harm, No Foul. Like, I don't care what the show's about. I'm... Um, he knows it's coming too. Oh, like, there's actually know. some harm coming, and it's definitely. Oh, absolutely, 
4 p.m. <laughs> Eastern Standard Time right here on the channel. Antonio Mims, thank you. He says, this is my second time watching the show, and I've learned a lot of wealth of football knowledge. That, yo, you have no idea how much that means to me because I, it's a long story. But thank you for saying uh, those kind words. Let's talk about Brandon Ayuk. <laughs> Dude, fresh off of an injury, gets targeted six times, Aaron, Catches six receptions, Aaron, for 148 yards, which is a career high. Brennan Ayuk, low-key, is a top-five wide receiver in this league. Yes or no? Absolutely. 100%. And I'm not just speaking. Like, they, did you see that interview at the end of the last game, uh, the game you, yesterday? You, you, you know I saw it. You talk about, you talk yeah. about with, the, uh, with um, yeah. Dante, Dante Hittner. Whitner, Dante yeah, yeah. Whitner was trying to bait him into – to talking himself up and he he took the high road of being humble but you know Brandon inside Ayuk. he's been he's he's aching to say he's that dude he's uh, he's just, been trained very well he, like very well his bot and i hate to sound really weird because i'm a guy but as a another heterosexual male that dude's built like there was a picture with him without his shirt or he's just in like a cutoff sleeve and i was just like there's no accident why this dude is playing well when he's on the field he has put time energy blood sweat tears into this it's about damn time and now he's got a quarterback who's not afraid to throw the ball downfield to him like garoppolo would just see guys open and he would just refuse to throw it and oh no it's gonna check it down or no i'm gonna take a sack and throw a pick no not brock I, they're the perfect combination for each other one has massive testicular testicular fortitude and the other one is just a damn ass good receiver who's I mean, what's the talk of training camp? No one can guard him, right? That's always the, the, the From talk. From everybody, though. I don't think anybody in this league right now on a consistent basis can guard him. Well, you know why? Because if you play, if you, if you, you can't play off of him because he'll route you up. And it's come to the point, and Kali, uh, yeah, Brandon Ayuk is wide receiver one. There you go. All right. He's no longer the fourth guy on a run first team. Absolutely. You could say not. he's the second option. It's it's Christian I McCaffrey. I feel like that's where it's going this year. Yeah. yeah. He's Christian McCaffrey and then it's him. And then everybody else gets the 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 leftovers, the scraps. Like this isn't an offense where you're going to see everybody blow up every game. It's who it's who the defense decides to take away. Kyle's going to go to other people. You got to have, like, we were talking about during the game yesterday about players having to just give up personal stats and, and personal glory for the sake of the team. And if you're able to do that on the 49ers, you're going to get your time to shine. It's just a matter of when. But, like, right now, this is the Christian McCaffrey and Brandon Ayuk show. And then Debo, Debo had a strong game per the previous week. So it's just, it is what it is. Ladies and gentlemen, who said this? Can't guard that man in the phone booth. I, oh, Debo! That's right. Debo yeah, said, "Real small. <laughs> listen, you could if you could play press, but you better not because he's he'll out physical you. You could play. You don't want to play off because then he'll route you up. And for some reason this season, I just think if he didn't fall up on that ball awkwardly in week three." He wouldn't have missed that game. Like, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so, look, health is wealth. I, I think when it comes to Debo Samuel, you know, he's the number two wide receiver, but he's still, like, 
a crazy ass weapon. He's number I one put, in my heart, though. <laughs> I, right, right. Because he was here before Ayuk, so we utilized him differently. What I would like Kyle Shanahan to do is no more run plays out of the backfield for Debo Samuel. I just feel like the league figured that out. I just feel like they figured it out. You got to gotta come up with something a little bit different. You know Keep what I mean? Health, man. We got to figure out ways. But does he? I think he likes running those plays. No, but find a different way to let him run it. It's what I'm trying to say. Like, don't keep it. It's when you line him up in the backfield, yeah. they they tee off on it. It's like they almost know it. If you're going to line him up in the backfield, just don't do the run. Do something different. Like, do something different. Now, there was a play, and I think this went to Debo. It was like a – it was dope. It was like Brock Purdy faked the handoff to Jordan Mason and just did the flip toss to Debo, and he ended up getting like seven or eight yards on the run. That was – be that you you have to start implementing those type of plays. You get what I'm saying? Like those are the type of plays you got to start implementing. And yes, uh, Fable JVC, I saw blocks missed. They got the the, the offensive line. First of all, don't forget to do the poll question. We're gonna end with that. But the offensive line, in my opinion, played very well in this game. They only allowed three total pressures. Now, in the run-blocking game, they were a little bit suspect. They missed some blocks. But I don't think this was the game plan for Debo Samuel. I think coming off no. of the rib injury and that knee injury, they decided to say, hey, man, we'll – because I didn't watch – I watched Debo route people up this year, which I didn't think Debo could route people up because I didn't think he was a route runner. But he's he worked on his game, and he proved everybody wrong. Aaron, I want to cap this show off with the man of the hour, Brock Purdy. We're over our time in 13 minutes, but that's okay. Everybody still wants to be here. And so Brock Purdy, first of all, is 12-0 and in games he started and finished. He's 12-0 and in regular season starts. We're not going to have the conversation today, but I'm just going to leave it at him being 12-0. and Give me your take on that. I think we're starting to see a little bit of even people that are critical of him starting to recognize his greatness as a player. What he lacks in physical, he makes up for in just a methodical, cerebral approach to the quarterback position. He doesn't put the ball in harm's way. He moves this offense and runs it the way Kyle Shanahan designs it in his head. He's the best option we've had. I mean, like, my brother asked me yesterday, he goes, do you think Jimmy Garoppolo was holding back this offense? And I said, absolutely. Brock has no fear. He doesn't have happy feet. He stays in the pocket. He delivers the ball. He takes the hit. And he's, he's, in, he's in like a mental, he's, it's like a symbionts with Kyle. They feel, you know, like, people get those clips of, like, Montana with Walsh. Or Brady sitting in a meeting with Coach Belichick and they like break each other down and try to figure out a game plan to attack Ed Reed or something like that. I feel like there's something like that kind of starting to 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 bud with the two of them together. And uh he just uh I haven't felt this confident in a quarterback in a really long time. Like you see you when you brought up, you know, okay, who's the maybe the best that we've had since uh you know, at quarterback before Brock Purdy, if we're going based on guys that I, when they had the ball on the field that I had confidence in, yeah, I would probably agree with Steve Young too. 
like where you just had no doubt that he was going to give you his best performance every game. He's not going to be the reason you're losing. So mm. Brock Purdy has, I listened to other people's critiques of him and, and always giving everybody else the credit and always giving him, you know, moving the goalpost, so to speak of why he isn't the guy. And he's just a product of the system. I think yesterday we kind of saw a little bit of a difference and I think some people, even the critical ones, are starting to kind of like, you know what? Maybe he is that pretty good. Maybe he's pretty good. So he can only get better too. Um, still hasn't thrown a pick. Uh, that's another another accomplishment. That's insane. Um, I think the 49ers, if this continues and he plays well, they have a leg- they do have a legitimate shot of winning a title this year. I 100% agree, and that's because of Brock Purdy. Ninety five point two percent percentage that's ridiculous 20 for 21 one, almost 300 yards too almost 283 rushed for a touchdown threw for a touchdown brock purdy leads the nfl with the highest quarterback rating brock purdy is the system i'll let that sink in Brock Purdy is the system. And I'm starting to understand each and every week why he is the system. Why? Because you're starting to see the system work each and every week without the same pieces. Mm-hmm. And it's and anybody can be the star in any given week. Every time you think someone else is gonna pop off again, like you know, like Kittle's been real quiet so far. Like, I mean, like legitimately quiet. I mean, he might have a game where he got I forget what game it was where he did all right for himself, but like you take away somebody in this offense, Purdy's able to, to capitalize on your, your, you know, or your, your concentration on said player or two, and he makes you pay. Whereas in the past, certain quarterbacks couldn't make you pay regardless of how much attention you gave to another guy, they couldn't capitalize uh, on that attention. I think he's the, the first guy in a long time where like, if they take somebody out of the game, he's able to get the ball to the other people. He, the fact that he doesn't make mistakes and runs this offense efficiently, people think that on oh, a game manager, most great quarterbacks are game managers because it's not always about the big throw and the big run and the, you know, Allen with all his highlight plays. You have to be able to take care of the ball and not put the ball in harm's way for the other team. And the great ones know how to do that. And that's why a lot of people crack on uh, Allen uh, all the time from the bills is that he's really talented. He's super talented. I mean, he's just insane, but he has an, he has a, an ability to kind of keep both teams in the game. Brock doesn't do that. At least not yet. And I don't think he will. I think what you see is what you get with Brock Purdy. I think he is the real what deal. Doom, doom, doom is what you get. Doom, doom, doom. I said, what you see is what you get. Hey, that's my joint. <laughs> doom, doom. Okay. All right. Uh, Let me get your quick thoughts uh, on the game and give me a score prediction for this week five matchup. We are three and a half point favorites versus the Cowboys at home. Sunday night football. The 49ers are 2-0 on the road and they're 2-0 at home. Have a chance to go 3-0 at home this week. Uh, Give me a quick first take on it before you even do your first takes. What's your first take on this week five matchup? I think the Niners defense is going to be tested in this game. And I wouldn't be surprised if it's a high scoring affair. 
Ooh. With the Niners winning, say, somewhere in the neighborhood of, say, like 38, Cowboys 31. Okay. Uh, I just think until the Niners' pass rush can be, you know, more uh, effective as far as just moving guys off their spots um, and getting guys to move in the pocket instead of, I don't know, just the pass rush to me is is just a little bit lackluster right now. And maybe maybe that changes. Maybe Dak has a Dak game and he plays really poorly and, and our our pass rush looks like a million bucks in that game. But I just think that both offenses are really good. I think both of them are loaded with great players. Um, and if the Niners are smart, they're going to run the ball right at uh, Micah Parsons because he hasn't proven yet that he can stop the run. So you just copy what other the- teams do and run it right at him. And he's dealing with an injury that he left the game late in the game yesterday. I haven't gotten any word on it yet, but I'm sure I'll have some on that. So, you know, and here's the thing, like, I don't, you know, we don't wish injury upon anybody, not, not, this, nah. not on this show, but uh, uh, I'm, ho- I'm hoping he's out there. Cause when I want to, I want to beat the best with their best. Yeah, thing. Cause you'll, you'll have somebody be like, well, Brock yeah, played well, you, but yeah, Parsons he didn't have Mike. Exa- I don't want to hear that. So please be healthy. Please yeah. play. Um, it's gonna be a great game, nonetheless. I think the Niners cover that spread, though. I think they win this game by like ten points, easily, like a thirty-one to twenty-one or a thirty-one to twenty type type score prediction. I'm gonna start there. It may change a little bit. Uh, I got like tons of shows throughout the week, so by the time we get to the game, it might it might fluctuate a little Man, bit. Man, we win in forty-one to three. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't be surprised oh, if you get more bullish as the week goes on, knowing you. Because I'm going to start tuning up. I'm going to start tuning up. Fluffy Ninja, thank you for the Super Chat contribution. I, I can't add you to the BB Club. You have to click the Join button, my brother. So there's a Join button right next to my name. You click on that. It'll take you through the prompts on how to become name, a member of the... Name. Hey, when no one is around you. You got to click on that Join button, though. But thank hey, you baby, so much you. Uh, for the Super Chat contribution. Truly appreciate it. Aaron, let's get to these poll votes. We were almost at 200 votes this episode. Almost got to 200 votes. Got to 197. Weeks four, week four's top performance versus the Cardinals. Uh, here were your choices. CMC's four TDs. Uh, Purdy's completion percentage of 95.2. The offensive line with three pressures. Ayuk's uh, career high, 148 yards. What would you have picked? tough man i like it when it's tough pause i i hate it because but no matter which way no matter which way i go it's uh it's you know people are gonna say oh you like this guy because of this i'm gonna say brandon iuke wow because i feel like the league is starting to be put on notice of just how really good he is you have no idea you have no idea how much I'm excited about this game. Because didn't CeeDee Lamb and Brandon IU come out in the same draft class? That's my matchup right there. You are going to see a true number one wide receiver on the field. And this is going to be like be... Irvin V. Rice back in the day. You get where I'm going with this, bro? You get where I'm going with this? Listen. Yeah. Listen. This is about, like, CeeDee Lamb's a great wide receiver at NFL. Now he's got to deal with the bullies from the, from the Bay, right? I don't see no bullies on the Cowboys team because 
our offensive players got bullies as well. So Brandon Ayuk is probably the biggest bully. Well, Debo, but Brandon Ayuk is one of the toughest guys. You just talked about him with his shirt off and how ripped he was. And the dude is tough. And so I just don't see anybody. Maybe Trayvon Diggs if he was playing, but he's not due to the ACL injury. And even he got routed up last year. <laughs> I'm excited. He got routed I'm up so, two years ago when freaking he got decleated by Jawan Jennings. <laughs> I'm so and and will Jennings be playing? My my theory is Jennings will be back. Cowboy think, killer Jennings, the yeah. killer himself. Yo, Aaron, it's been fun. It's been a blast. We gave him an hour, almost an hour and a half. You know what I'm saying? They love it. We love it. Aaron, let everybody know where they can find you. What's going on with you this weekend, man? Support your brand, bro. 49ers first takes podcast YouTube channel. You can find it on YouTube and on TikTok as well. I have a TikTok, uh, First Takes 49. Uh, I have a show I'm part of tonight. I will be on uh, Mr. Ty Alston's channel. You guys might know him from the East Coast Red and Gold podcast. I will be with him and the rest of the uh, Niners Coast to Coast crew. Wednesday, I now have two shows. I have the show with Ted, the the most the most probably the most popular guy on Twitter for 49er fans. <laughs> Love him or hate him, he gets the clicks. Uh, on Twitter, uh, first and Ted, 6.30 p.m. Eastern, 3.30 p.m. Pacific time, and then me and Raj from RSF 49ers at 9 p.m. Eastern on Wednesday. Uh, had two straight shows with Rob Shue. Uh, he was a, he, he's taken, you know, he's not as much on YouTube anymore, but we had two really awesome uh, Friday shows. So uh, Friday might be a day, and then me and Breezy might be hooking up this Saturday too. So... Uh, might be a, a nice full week. So keep keep invested into the channel. I'll put anything that needs to be known on the community tab. That's kind of how I get out, reach to people. And uh, yeah, I can't wait. Guys, it's Cowboys week. I'm truly grateful for Aaron for being here. He's been consistent and he's been here every Monday. And that's what I call faithful. And more importantly, you guys have remained faithful in the words of nothing but Niners. You guys are great. We are going to have a great week of preparation. We're going to have a great week of smack talk. We're going to have a great tur weekend after we celebrate this victory over the Dallas Cowgirls slash Cowboys. That's what they're trying to be. This is going to be a great week, and it's going to start with the one and only Trent Williams. I guarantee you, oh, man, oh, this, this, this the history between him and the Cowboys is bar none, and it starts with him, and it's going to end with him. Guys, thank y'all so much for tuning in. There was one more Super Chat contribution I wanted to show. Shout out to my man, Edgar Ascoli, with the super sticker. You get the touchdown. Don't forget to tune back into this channel, 4 p.m. No harm, no foul. More 49ers talk for you guys out there with the one and only Mike Andrews from Nothing But Niners. And then at 7 p.m. new time, we're going back to the original time, 7 p.m., Eastern Standard Time. You got the grittiest 49er crew going live. Crystal Peachy B, Moe's Nose. Hopefully, Fair's off of his football schedule. They keep winning. This kids, the kids keep winning. So we can't be mad if the kids keep winning. But if he's if he's available, he'll be here. The nitty gritty Niner Talk crew will be live. All right. We're gonna talk about Christian McCaffrey. We're gonna talk about why he's the best damn player in football. MVP. Thank y'all so much for tuning in. We love y'all. The poll results. 
results is Christian McCaffrey with four touchdowns. Wow. Should have been. Could have had five. You know, Kyle Shanahan pisses me off at times because why not let him throw one? Let him throw one. Not Maybe necessary. Wasn't ready for it. There it is. Not necessary. Aaron always keeps me grounded. That's why he's here. We love y'all. Stay up. Stay faithful. Hopefully I'll see you guys this weekend in the Bay. I will be out there in San Jose. We're doing a music video. Make sure you tune in. Love y'all. Peace. I be sipping gold bar whiskey on the rocks. And a 24 karat gold on a watch. My 71 Chevy be tipping nonstop. Sounding like Trent Williams on the block. So you know we can't stop. We be banging through your speakers. Wayne Breezy on the filter in the bleachers. You can tune into my show and I'm a teacher. Wayne Breezy the phone.